Well, good evening, church. I want to I want to thank Brother Randy for uh, the opportunity to minister tonight. I guess it was Monday. Uh, he texted and asked me to to minister, and I said uh, I'd be glad to. And I really felt like the Lord had given me a word. I've been chewing on it for a while. And the next day, uh, Pastor Kent called me and uh, he said, will you preach Sunday night? And I said, well, uh, Randy asked me to preach Wednesday. He said, well, that's all right. I said, well, I'll be glad to. And uh, it kind of put me in a, a dilemma because... You know, I had a word for tonight, and I thought, man, that would be a good word for Sunday night. If you're a minister, you might understand that. But all that day, I I was just kind of, right now I was kind of wrestling about what to minister tonight. And, uh, you know, sometimes the Lord just don't answer real quick, you know. And uh, so all that, that day and that night, I didn't have an answer. And I thought, well, way to go, God. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the next morning, I got up, and I had a peace in my heart about sharing this message tonight. So, you know, I, I appreciate the Lord. And I got to thinking, you know, God could have told me that that night. But I think sometimes God just uh, wants us to trust him. Come on, how many of you have been through things and you've prayed and you've asked God and you don't, you don't get an answer? And How many of you know that it seems like God's never early, but he's never late? You know what I mean? He's always faithful. And uh, so I appreciate the Lord and, and his faithfulness. I always like to put a title on, uh, I'm not very good at a devotion, but a, a message and I like to put a title on it. And I've entitled this uh, message tonight. I believe it's a relevant word. I believe it's a word for this season. And it's entitled, Not Ashamed. Not Ashamed. And throughout this message tonight, uh, uh, devotion, whatever you want to call it, um, I want that to radiate in your heart. And we're going to talk about that. I want to, I want to ask you to, to repeat after me, not ashamed. Would you do it just a little bit louder? Not ashamed. You know, I believe that we're living in a time where we don't need to be ashamed of the gospel. We're living in a time where there, there are people that are out there today and, and every moment and, and every minute of every day, people are being ushered into hell. And we don't need to be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God working unto salvation. And I want to talk about witnessing tonight and being a light. And, you know, I used to tease the church and I'd tell them, I'm a Jehovah Witness. And for somebody that don't understand, I guess I could say it like this. I'm Jehovah God's witness. But how many of you are, are, are God's witness today? And I believe that, you know, uh, God is looking for people that will be a witness on their jobs in Walmart, in the restaurants, 
And we can't be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God working in individuals for salvation. People are desperate nowadays, and I believe we have the answer, don't you? I want to invite you to, to turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verse 16. Then I'll read it in the Amplified. Bear with me just a little bit. I've had surgery on my eyes, and sometimes my vision goes in and out. So if I stop just a little bit, um, you'll know why. Verse 16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. The Amplified says it this way, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, good news of Christ, for it is God's power working unto salvation, listen carefully, for deliverance from eternal death to everyone who believes with a personal trust and a confident surrender and firm reliance to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Notice uh, Paul said, he said, and, and we've got to answer this for ourselves, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He's not ashamed of the good news of Christ. For it is God's power working unto salvation for deliverance from eternal death to everyone who believes. You know, God, uh, in the word, it says that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save those that were lost. It was God's, it was God's method to bring the lost in through the sharing of the gospel of Christ. We're all called to share good news. We're ambassadors for Christ. We're his representatives. We're, we're heaven's campaigners. Salvation's promoters. And we cannot be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power to save those that are lost. Faith comes by hearing. People need to hear the good news that Jesus loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, I, uh, I was thinking, and, and the greatest audience I've had through the years of the lost or the unbelieving has been in funerals. And I'm sure that Pastor Randy can relate to that and I'm always compelled in a time of, of ministering a funeral to share the gospel. Don't, don't take me wrong. Many times it's a celebration of life. Somebody's went on home to be with the Lord, which is far better. But there's many times there's, there's those that are out there that are lost, that, that really need to hear the message of the gospel. I don't, I, don't, I don't guess I ever preach a funeral where I don't share 
John 3, 16, verse 17. How that God sent his son, but he didn't send his son to condemn man. He sent his son that we might believe and become saved and be, become a part of the family of God. And I always feel strong unctions to, to share the gospel in, in, in times like that. Not too long ago, I got a call from uh, Janet's brother and uh, he told me, he said, uh, her, her uncle is, is uh, really ill. He has, he has cancer. And uh, I purposed in my heart to, to go visit him. And I'm here to tell you, I didn't get a chance. I guess it was probably two days, three days past that. He went on, passed away up in St. Louis. You know, there's a lot of uh, opportunities sometimes and, and we certainly need to be uh, aware of these opportunities and, and, you know, be the individuals that God has called us to be. And in this uh, funeral that I ministered, God really uh, shares something with me concerning the lost that I want to share with you tonight. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 18, it's a familiar scripture for most of us. It says, while we look not at the things that are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things that are not seen with a, with the spiritual eye or through faith or through revelation, those are the things that really matter in life. The spiritual things. And I began to, to think about this and I even kind of shared some of this in the, in, in the funeral of Janet's uncle. You know, most people are just living they're living with no spiritual focus. They're, they're literally living life and they're just living life day to day and, and they don't have any spiritual focus. How many of you can say amen on that? They have no uh, perception of spiritual things. Many times their mind their minds are not on things above but upon things upon this earth. And that's their focus. Something's got to change. Something's got to, uh, to, to move somebody. You know, I was, I, I was thinking of uh, the story of Elisha in 2 Kings uh, 16 and 17. We've preached those uh, verses many times, but I've seen something about the servant during that uh, time of meditation. You remember when all, the armies, they surrounded the, the prophet and the servant. And the servant went to the prophet and said, Master, what, what are we going to do? And, and the prophet said, Fear not. There are more with us than there are with them. And one of the things that I see, see, 
the servant had, had no, no uh, perception of spiritual things. He, he was only looking at what he could see. He was living by his senses. He had, he had no spiritual uh, focus on uh, eternal things. Uh, everything that he was, was looking at was what was before him. What are we going to do? And the prophet prayed. And, and the prayer was, open his eyes that he might see. Now, I don't believe Elisha walked around and, and was visualizing those spiritual things. I believe he had uh, a, a, a revelation. I believe his faith was activated and, and he knew, he knew that there was more with him than there was with them. How many of you can say Amen. You know, when you begin to think about it, there's people out there and they need their eyes opened up. We need to pray that uh, as, as we're praying, and we're going to come to pray tonight because it's important. And we need to pray that, that, that you know, those that are lost, you know, I got to thinking, Pastor Randy, I got to thinking, you know, the Bible says that there's going to be a falling away and I believe that that's, that's happened. But how many of you know prodigals come home? Prodigals come home, church. Ex-church people, come on, we got, we got responsibility, church. How many of you can say amen? Some of the greatest ministry is outside of these four walls. Say it with me. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's, it's the power of God working unto salvation unto those that believe. We're called to make a difference in the lives of people. So the prophet, he prayed and he opened up his eyes and you know the story of the horses, chariots of fire round about the man of God. The servant had no spiritual perception, had no, no spiritual focus. Second Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4. It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, the Amplified says it this way. But even if our gospel, the, the, the glad tidings, also be hidden, obscured, and covered up with, with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God, it is hidden only to those who are uh, perishing and, and obscured only to those who are spiritually dying and veiled only to those who are lost. For the God of this world hath blinded the unbelievers' mind that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel uh, uh, of the glory of Christ, the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. You know, the enemy's purpose is to hinder the unbeliever from 
from being born again and, and becoming a follower and worshiper of God. That's his assignment. He comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to destroy. How many of you know our Lord came that we might have life and have it more abundantly? Notice, notice it says the God of this world. Now, there's people that will differ with you. But our Father God is not the God of this world. He owns the world and the fullness of it. He was the creator of it. But Satan is the God of this world. Anybody agree with me? According to the word of God. Satan is the God of this world. The Bible says that all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And this is not of the Father, but it's of the world. See, the enemy, he, he, he endeavors through the flesh to hinder people and blind their minds so they can't see the glorious gospel. But how many, how many of you realize that you and I are here to make a difference? We really are. We're here to make a difference. How many of you believe that these seats can be full in Jesus' name? Come on, church. We're workers together with Christ, and we, our biggest assignment, and, and I always think, you know, the biggest ministry is, is outside these four walls. On your job, letting your light shine, being a witness, giving a testimony, whatever it might be. What people need is a God moment. The lost need a God moment. They need to be able to come into our church and have a God moment. Come on, church. And I think we have a responsibility to let the praises go up, come on, where the blessings will come down. Fill a house full of praise, and I guarantee you, you know, praise and revival go together. The word of God, it all goes together. We have a responsibility to enter his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. People need a God moment, a God encounter. They need a road to Damascus experience. We, as the body of Christ, must look for these God moments. Let me, let me explain that to you. You see, God wants to use you and I as instruments to create those God moments. He wants to, and I tell you, we're all anointed to do it. We're all anointed to do it. We're his ambassadors. Everybody has that ministry. Last year, you know, this time of year, you know, I've, I've done figured out some of these guys around here. They're, they're uh, car guys. I, I done figured it out. They like these cars. Well, I'm not much on cars, but I like to hunt. 
I'm, I, you know, that's what I enjoy doing. I don't know what you enjoy doing. That's what I enjoy doing. And, and we need to be people that are aware of these God moments. And, you know, I was last year, I'll tell you a little story, a couple little stories, and we'll close. Because I believe prayer is so important. But last year, going to deer camp, I'm always in a hurry to get there. I mean, the pedal to the metal to get there. I secure the camp for all my family and my friends. And, and uh, so I, I try to get there and get there before somebody else gets there. We got a place that we, we hunt every year. And last year, I don't know how many of you, uh, you know, you got 60 West. Uh, we, we go to Wyandotte. And last year, uh, I stopped at Simmons um, Gas Station there, Simmons Gas Station. And I wanted to fill up one of my protein, propane tanks. And when I pulled uh, around the back, there, was a, there happened to be an older gentleman there. And, and uh, he... Uh, he told me he was the owner of the store, and I, I'm telling you, this guy could talk. You, you ever been around somebody like that? I mean, talk, you know, talk, talk, and, and talk, and talk some more. But I recognized this was a God moment. And this, this gentleman, I, I, he, was a, he was a nice gentleman. He had colored, a little bit of colored language, you know, and... But he was, he was a very nice gentleman, you know, and, and got to talking to him. He began to tell of, uh, of how he made all his fortune. And I could, I could tell that, you know, he, he had, had done well in, in the financial area. And uh, there was even a, a, a time someone wanted him uh, to uh, manage a plant in a, in a, in a foreign Land and he turned it down and he worked at, he was a manager up there at the charcoal mill and, and uh, he had a nice home there. He, that store is a really nice store and he's telling me all this. He even showed me his driver's license. He wanted me to see he was who he said he was. And he was just talking about all the, the, the things that he, he, he did in life and, and don't forget now, I was in a hurry to get to deer camp. But I recognized the God moment. And uh, I just listened to him. I, I bet I stayed back there filling. How, how long does it take to fill up a 30-gallon tank? Just not too long. I was back there, I know, 35 minutes. Talking away. And, and, and finally, he, he got where he kind of subsided just a little bit and get a breath. So I jumped in there. I said, you, you know what I've done most of my life? He said, What? I said, I've preached the gospel. And I said, sir, I said, the, 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 the most important thing, and this guy is up in his years. I said, the most important thing is when life is over, you're ready to go and make heaven your home. Tears begin to come down his eyes. It was a God moment. I don't know if God did this. It wouldn't surprise me. I didn't bit more pull off, and I had a flat tire. I didn't even get, I didn't get 20 yards, and I had a flat tire. 
this gentleman come around and he stayed with me. And we talked. Now you think God would flatten the tire? I don't know, he might, <laughs> he, he might flatten the tire just so somebody could witness. There's been stranger things done. But anyways, uh, I didn't have the means to fix that tire. I had a spare, and uh, I knew I was going to be traveling. He said, he said uh, let me run home. He said, I'll run home. My house is right here. I'll get a plug. And, you know, he stayed with me, helped me. See, I believe he experienced something from God, not from David Thomas. Come on. It, if it's, if it's a, a, an effort on individualism, I would fail. But I know that God has worked through me. I know that God can work through you. Amen? I didn't, I don't know if he got saved. I didn't lead him to the Lord. I did what I, I felt to do and shared the gospel with him. There was another, another story I shared in Sunday school this last Sunday, Janet and I, years ago, this has been probably 30 years ago, we worked at Florshine Shoe Company. And there was a, a foreman in, the, in there by the name of Jerry. And uh, don't forget, I'm, I'm uh, Jehovah's Witness. Everybody say, not ashamed. Come on, say it again. Not ashamed. And I went up to him one time. We had we'd kind of met one another and talking with one another. And, and finally, lunchtime was there. And, and I was, you know, I had an opportunity to talk with him. I asked him a simple question. I said, Jerry, have you ever been born again? His response to me was really shocking, uh, I must say, as a young man that's been long time ago. He said, born again, what's that? He didn't even know what it was, Brother Randy, to be born again. He didn't know what it was to be saved, to, to, to make preparation, to make heaven your home. And I had an opportunity to talk to him and witness to him and tell him about the Lord and, and how the Lord loved him so much that, you know, he came and laid himself out on a cross and, and bled and, and died for our sins. I don't know if he got saved. It wasn't long. He started coming to our church. He brought his wife. They attended our church for a while and came to church. And then it seemed like he just, I don't know really exactly what happened to him. You know, sometimes you try to get a hold of people and, and uh, try to help them to, to, to stay in there, you know, and it just, sometimes it just don't work. And it wasn't, it wasn't long, I, I don't know exactly how long it was, he came up to my gate and he had tears in his eyes. He said, David, he said, my, my, my wife passed away and I want you to preach her funeral. I said, I'll be glad to. Preached his funeral and he began to attend church again. And church, here's, here's what I'm saying. And 
I want you to hear this. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not ashamed. We need to be bold. God willing, maybe we'll uh, share a little bit more on this Sunday night because I'm just touching the surface. God wants us to be full of the Holy Ghost that we can be his witnesses. He's looking for some Jehovah Witnesses. Come on. That's not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God working unto salvation for those that will believe. I'll tell you one thing they got right, and perhaps that's the only thing. They send them out. They send them out two by two. Hadn't seen them in a while, but they send them out. How many of you know we're to be going into the highways and the hedges and to compel them to come in? How many of you believe God wants his house to be full? Come on. So this devotion or message, I, I, I call it a message. I pray it just stirs our heart just a little bit to realize that we have an assignment and there are people out there today that desperately need hope, desperately need Jesus. How many of you remember when you had the road to Damascus experience, how powerful it was? how life-changing it was. It's a wonderful thing to be born again. It truly is abundant life. It's a powerful thing to know that your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life and God does not want any to perish. Someone say, why, why has God not? You know, somebody says, you know, we've seen these signs We've seen the signs of the time for, for years. Can I beg to differ with We haven't seen the signs like we're seeing them today. Come on. The signs, of the, I believe we're in the 12th hour, church. It's wonderful to have fellowship with one another. And I, I've, uh, the wife and I have learned to love this church, love these pastors, ministers. Uh, we enjoy the palace. What I enjoy most in the palace is the presence of God. I love the presence of God. I tell you, Randy was preaching the other night and I was back in the back and, and I tell you, the presence of God just blanketed me. And I'm the, I'll tell you something about me. I'm a ball baby. I mean, I cry a lot. When the pres I can sit back here singing and man, the presence of God comes on me and I just, you know, I'll have to wipe the tears away. That's what happens to me. But I'll tell you what, the presence of God come on me so strong, Randy. I had to come to the altar and just have me a talk with my heavenly father. And I believe that God wants uh, many people to have a, a, a God experience here in, in the palace of praise. I want to say this, there is something stirring in this house. Come on. If you, if you can't see that, 
well, I, I believe maybe you need to fast a little bit or, you know, spend some time with God because I can see it, I can feel it, and I've got an expectation of what God wants to do in this place. God is good. He's a good God. He's good all the time. Amen. How many of you are ready to pray a little bit tonight? Well, I hope you've received something tonight because that's my heart, just to share something that would, would encourage you. And if you'll stand and just find, your, find you a, a place to pray tonight and spend time with the Father. And, and brother, if you could just put some music on and, and we'll just have a time with our Heavenly Father.